0: Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett and Robbie Sabo. Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast and this is a special edition with JetEx subscriber meet and greet with Wayne Corbett. We have, I believe, five or six JetX subscribers who filled out the application online on the website. You can get it at jetsxfactor.com backslash podcasts backslash underdog hyphen jets or just go to the menu item podcasts at Factor, and find where you could apply for the next Wink meet and greet. We try to do one of these every two or three months, depending on demand. And you also get a free 8x10 autographed Wayne Corbet picture. Uh, there are four options on the site. For all those who joined us Monday night, thank you. You will be receiving your 8x10 autographed Wayne Corbet picture very soon. Uh, and thanks for using discount code 80 at Jets X Factor. Without further ado, although there's a lot of craziness happening. A lot of roster cuts as we speak, as this episode will be published Tuesday. This is the Wayne Corbett meet and greet, where we talked a lot of memories, talked a lot about the past, and even got into a lot in terms of the current team. As some of the top Jets and top Wayne Corbett fans in the world had an opportunity to chat with number 80. Liz, uh, I know you're number one Wayne Corbett fan, so why don't you kick it off?
1: (laughs) Thanks so much. Hi, everybody. Hi, Wayne. Hi. Um, super excited after the win yesterday. Um I'm really liking what I'm seeing in uh our our quarterback there, which they're kicking around on the internet today. Second uh second string, third string. You know, how are you feeling about him? And uh what are your thoughts about the game yesterday, how he did. He he looks amazing to me. And which quarterback uh,
2: are you talking about? Uh
1: um Stravler, right? yeah, <laughs> can't pronounce his name after the long day. Stravler, um, yeah, um, Stravler—that yeah.
2: his name. Mm-hmm.
1: Strabler, yeah, yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, I've seen. Um, I didn't get to see the whole game in his entirety, but keeping going back to the statistics on uh, what what he did when he was in there, and what the score was when he got in there. I mean, he's showing a lot of talent. Uh, he's definitely taking control of the situation you know situation and taking advantage of it. the chances he's been given. but uh, is there any word on Zach's definitely not ready, obviously, but how long that Zach will be out? or are they just kind of they want to be one hundred percent at this point, robbie?
0: it's still it's still up in the air. I mean, he looks good. He was riding the bike uh, yesterday before the game on the sideline. So my best guess is he'll definitely miss week one.
2: um so who's the odd man out? Who's the odd man out, Mike White? I think
0: it kind of – Streveler would be in a better situation if Wilson was healthy, right? Because Flacco could back up. They'd feel comfortable if Flacco was the backup and maybe they'd trade Mike White and Streveler could be the number three. But if Wilson can't play and is on the active roster, I I anticipate Streveler going to the practice squad and
2: Mike White being the backup for week one. He he Hmm. might get picked up on practice squad. That's the only thing. You know, quarterbacks start – and out and moves are made uh, at this point. They wait to see guys hit practice squad or the wire to pick up that third or fourth quarterback to kind of develop them. Uh, I guess you could say.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. It, good. It, it's going to be interesting. I mean, someone mentioned to me yesterday, they could kind of see a Taysom Hill situation with him. And again, it would work, but it, it's tough to rely on him as the pure backup, even for one week. So that's where's he from? Weird. That's a good He He stood out in the CFL. Uh, yeah, he's,
3: I know, the so he's not young.
0: Up. So he's, he's not young. He's still somewhat young. He's just not, you know, twenty seven. He's 27. Oh, 27. Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I just kind of rolled into my question because of the game yesterday, and I was real happy to be there and and see us take a win over that other team that supposedly plays uh, at our stadium. But um, I wanted to know, Wayne, seriously, out of your three boys, do they all play football?
2: Uh, My oldest at Georgetown, he's more of an academic. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's a freshman at Catholic University, which is uh, also in Washington, D.C., which is cool that they're like 10 minutes apart. And my 10-year-old boy plays uh, flag football and says he has no interest in playing tackle (laughs) <laughs> but um, they all had to wait till high school if they wanted to play tackle. So he might change his mind by then. But, uh, yeah, big soccer player, you know, flag football, basketball. So uh, I'm just excited that Cade's playing a Catholic. Gives me uh, four more years to, to cheer him on. And he had a scrimmage at Johns Hopkins the other day. Uh, took a ride up there with my – took a ride down there with my father. So I'm excited about that. But uh, whichever path they choose, I'm okay with.
1: Absolutely. That's great. As long as they're happy and healthy, that's all that matters.
2: Yes. Yes. Thank awesome.
1: You. Awesome. Great.
0: All right. Mr. Joe Rivera, you're up next. Do the honor.
4: Hi, Wayne. I'm, I'm Joe. Uh, I've worked Yo. in Sporting News for seven years now, but I've been a lifelong Jets fan. Uh, so this is very exciting. So yeah. Um, First of all, thank you for the for the memories growing up and and introducing me in a way to the Green Lantern. So uh, I really appreciate that. Um, How, old question, it, How old 31, you? I'm thirty one. Thirty one. So. So
2: I retired seven. So you were fourteen when I. geez. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So those are your your years when you started watching football. Gotcha. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Yes, sir. Wayne yes, could sir. do math. And Wayne's pretty good at math, by the way. Hey, hey man, not quick.
2: Yeah. Quick.
4: yeah so um, obviously you know growing up and playing fearless it's watching you play fearless it's always it sticks out in my mind most more than a lot of jet players so thank you again Um, my question for you and I'm sure you get this a lot and you've probably discussed this a lot but obviously with Braxton Berrios now you hear a lot of comparisons to you uh, as you know different kind of different players but you know the grittiness the toughness how do you kind of take those comparisons and uh, do you feel like you both are alike? You're both dissimilar. Um, how do you kind of take those, those comparisons? What does that mean to you?
2: No, it's great. You know, it's nice to be compared to someone that's uh, doing well, making a name for himself, same situation. This need an opportunity. People get hurt. Other things happen. Uh, it just seems every year since I left there, there's been a, is this guy the next Wayne Quebec? maybe because right. they're a slot receiver uh, from a small school. Obviously, any white kid that's come on in the last 15 years, it's, it's the next guy. And uh, it, it hasn't happened. Um, but the closest thing I've seen that's based on play and like, you know, grittiness and toughness and football IQ uh, is him. I know a lot of the comparisons are made on uh, the guys Belichick were along with Welker and Amandola and uh, Edelman and, and guys like that. But Barrios, he's a, he's a great talent. I'm glad that they, they paid him to stay. I'm glad he stayed. A lot of guys get a little taste of success and they go to greener pastures, which means more money. But, um, yeah, they, he's a fan favorite. Um, And I think it was smart for him to stay. And he has a good rapport with Zach. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the comparison and, uh, you know, I'm humbled by it.
4: What, what kind of piggyback questions real quick, if you don't mind, when, you know, on the business side of things, when you see a general manager like Joe Douglas identify that Barrios is a guy that kind of needs to stay, maybe previous regimes haven't put that much of an emphasis on like kind of keeping your own. I know Berrios came up with different teams, but when you see Douglas like put the emphasis on, Hey, we need to keep that guy. What does that, what does that mean to a player?
2: That means a lot. Not a lot of guys get to play their whole career. With the same team like me. Um, Like you said, but like I said, a lot of guys just get that success and like, all right, where can I go get the most money? But that's just the nature of the business. You know, careers are short. You try to get paid when you can. But, uh, you know, he's betting on himself with the two year deal. But I think Barrios realizes, you know, what it means to be a crowd favorite and to succeed in New York, that this market, more money he can make off the field. Compared, like if you went to uh, you know other smaller markets, but yeah, Joe's doing a good uh, good job with that, and I think that was uh, important to keep him. Uh, And they might made the right moves and and, you know making him happy, making both sides happy, which doesn't always happen. So the team's happy, you know, the players happy with the contract. So Joe Douglas did a great job.
0: All right, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Uh, Next up is. Tim, a subscriber, and I actually played high school ball with Tim. He was a uh, center and D tackle, one of the toughest guys on the team. Huge Jets fan. So I've known this for a long time. Actually, the uh, the morning after the Monday Night Miracle, one of our good friends was a Dolphins fan. And it was ugly a- at lunchtime. We gave it to him all day, you know, and it and, it c- and really hit the high point at lunchtime. He was just, he had enough. Uh, so... Tim, take it away. Um, just nice to be here. Wayne, it's nice to
5: meet you. huge Thank fan you. for for forever since the beginning. So right. you know, um yeah, you know, Robbie and I used to play. Robbie Robbie had like you, the heart of a lion when he played. So um, you know, I a mean, defensive guy though, and we more defensive, right? Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't have the
0: hands. I just still that.
5: That,
2: that you know, that lion heart, no fear type of thing. So, but um R- Robbie, Robbie served a mean glass of water, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
0: so. It was only 50% gray 20, 20 yeah. years ago, too. So.
2: <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. Sorry to interrupt you. Go no, it's, it's good. So, no, I just wanted to, I mean,
5: I was going to ask about the whole Barrios thing, too. The guy always. He shows up, like, at the right time, all the time, making plays. And uh, he he does remind me a lot of you, watching you growing up and stuff. But um, I don't know if anybody had touched on, like, the whole Hall of Fame thing that's going on with Cleco with And, you know, Darrell Revis coming up might be, like, a first ballot type of guy. Yeah. And I had heard that we're going to have maybe, like, we'll have the most guys in there. Is that is that true? And what are your thoughts on that?
2: I think um, it's you know finally for Joe Klecko. I mean, yeah. he made the Pro Bowl four positions. Um, he's intense, great player, smart player, and he played his whole career with the Jets, right? Yeah. So well, he, he might have been one year at the end, but uh, yeah. Okay, much. but I mean, he's known as a Jet, and if you get you know Revis in the same class, I guess you would assume that the jets will have the hall of fame game right would, would that make sense it, that's what i heard yeah it would yeah. make sense yeah so i mean you know like i said i'm a big fan of joe klecko um you know i watched him growing up the sack exchange and all that stuff um and as far as revis i mean yeah i mean he, he should be in first ballot so to would have two guys you know from from you know one organization in, in the same year uh, it's great for the fans um, I know Revis is getting into the ring of honor this year so I'm sure he'll get a nice uh the fans love him I know he's uh went went back and forth you know to other teams but uh you know he had his best years with the jets so uh, yeah um you can't ask for a better situation than getting one one new guy one old guy you know added uh getting their gold jackets in uh, in, in canton this year.
0: Yeah. And Klecko, you know, it's just one of those situations with the sack numbers. He put up a lot of sacks before it became an official stat in 82. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pro bowler at all three positions, um, you know, pretty much nose tackle, D end, and uh, D tackle. So it, it, he should be in, he's one of those guys that should have been in a long time ago, and I yeah. think it's finally going to happen.
2: Yeah. I remember telling the story here that like on first and goal, You know, team going in, he just fire off and just smash everybody, all sides. He didn't care because they're just moving up six inches. Yeah, you know what I mean. Smart play. He used to do stuff like that. It just, uh, you know, just was was a force against some of the defense uh, offensive lines they had back then. And like I said, he did it, you know, inside and outside. And I definitely think we needed a representative from the from the sack exchange in there.
0: Yeah, no. nobody will ever wear number 73
2: again, that's for sure. Or 80. Or 80. Yeah,
5: yeah
0: no way.
2: It I shows. don't know, man. At this point, they kind of messed up. They, I don't know if they can give it away. I mean, you know, I know everybody else, is, you know, Wesley had his number given away and L2 and, you know, Klecker for, for some time. But I don't, you know, I, I was grateful that they didn't give it away. But at this point, I'm like, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Collect. I mean, uh, Wesley and Tune, for certain, should have their numbers retired um, before mine was, um, for sure. So I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I, I think we were a different kind of players to to the organization. I know Wesley you know, we're, statistically, we're, we're close and tune, made the Pro Bowls, wasn't made the Pro Bowls, but I don't know, we're just different, we meant different things to the organization at different times in our, in different eras in our career, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and football's tough with the retired numbers, too, like, uh, compared to the Yankees, you know, I grew up a Yankees fan, but it drove, it drove me nuts how many guys' numbers are retired,
2: yeah. you, know? you know, and,
0: and football's tougher because, you know,
2: there's a lot more guys on the roster, but, um, yeah, I agree. It's... Yeah, but now guys can wear the teens that go with the single digits, so you're not gonna run out of 80 numbers, you know what I mean? That's true.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. all over the place. Tom yeah. Brady was not a fan of that move. And he What's was that? quite vocal with the the new Jersey number move. When they allowed oh, anyone okay. to wear any number, he he cited something about strategy and everyone just kind of blew it off, like shut up, Tom.
2: And I'm sure nah, there's... Yeah, there's a there's you know, they're looking at the defense, and it's a weird one the linebackers aren't 50 numbers because they're pointing out the mic. They're pointing out different positions. And I can see how it'd be a little confusing when you got a safety coming down or a D end and they're both wearing number eight and nine where, but um, well, how with Tom Brady, I'm just saying it could be confusing.
0: <laughs> that's how Quan Alexander, number nine, blew up that uh, giant's running back two days ago hey,
2: or yesterday. Was a big hit, man. I was yeah. happy when they brought him in and that's a good pickup.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's going to be the second linebacker for sure. Got him. Um, All right, Jeff. Thanks, Tim. Jeff Piazza, take it away. Any relation to Mike Piazza, by the way?
6: Well, we could say that if we want, but I don't know if that's true.
0: (laughs) You're his nephew. Go ahead. We'll go with that.
6: Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for having me, guys, Wayne. Huge fan. Like, huge fan. Used to pretend to be you in the backyard when I was a little boy. So, but how old uh, are you? uh, 30, actually. Right. So, so yeah, I was I was young, young, but I yeah, remember no, I the, the enjoyable times. Yeah. But uh, I guess my question would be, uh, obviously, your career came you know a little short. Was there ever a time before that where, you know, something happened, an injury or a certain hit that maybe you thought, OK, I'm going to hang it up before you actually did? Or did you, that kind of just happen right then and there?
2: No. So it was always an issue. Um so 11 so 11 was my last year so after nine the ninth my ninth year um i got a bad one at the end of the year um i don't know that might have been what was 2003 is that the year we lost to the Steelers 2004 uh, probably, 2004 season so Four. so whatever it happened um i think i was done um you know i i, I didn't even go back on the the team bus kind of like you know drove home my parents yeah. and uh i gave my dad my jersey so i figured it was my last jersey and it just i wasn't feeling right mentally physically mm-hmm. psychologically nothing about what i was off real bad and then um i waited a little while and i talked to my family i talked to my wife and i was just like i think i want to go back so um i never told that to anybody at the time so they weren't waiting on the decision mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I went back and when I went out to practice, it was like the grass was never greener. The sky was never bluer. I enjoyed the young guys more. I enjoyed watching the film. I enjoyed every aspect of it. Like I was just soaking it, soaking it in because I knew I was closer to the end than to the beginning. So I came back and I got you know a year or two after that. And then at the end, I had no choice, you know, they retired me before I even left the stadium after my last game. Uh, they didn't give me a choice, and I never went back. I uh, they packed up my locker and mailed it to me because I didn't want to go back to the complex. I wasn't right in the head, so uh, so I'd say after year nine, uh, I thought I was done. But I got you know two more years after that. To answer your question, thank you.
0: Yeah, two thousand three. Uh, was the down year after where Chad got hurt in preseason against the Giants. And then 2004 was Pittsburgh, Doug Bryan. And then uh,
2: 05 was your last year. Yeah. So um, you never know, you know, I'm just saying, people don't know stories like that. You know, that's why I like doing stuff like that, just to give you guys, you know, an idea of some of the things maybe you haven't read in the paper, um, like more of the behind the scenes kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, we did a we did a few podcasts detailing that last game and some of that stuff after we we probably will revisit that later down the road, maybe. Um, but yeah, hey, in football, it's not like basketball or baseball. The decade of playing is, is absurd. I mean, let's be honest. So, yeah. I mean, that's a full career. Yeah. All right, Anthony, what do you got for us today?
3: Uh, thank you for having this whole thing guys this is awesome Wayne obviously a huge huge fan I'm I'm 33 just want to put that out so I know you're gonna ask <laughs> uh, everyone's
2: younger
1: than me you they.
2: are yeah at what point you are in your jet yeah. fandom when I was in my prime to the uh to the end of my career yeah I mean uh similar to these guys I already said I was acting like Wayne
3: out, out in like the field. I even had a choice before coming. I was like, how hard do I actually fan tonight? So I threw on
2: your Jersey just
3: for old time's sake. (laughs) It's a little bit more yellow than it is white
2: now, but. uh, (laughs) Looking at all your stuff in the background. You got, I know that's Curtis bottom, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, They got Coles behind me here. I got you behind me there.
3: Uh, Leon to my left here. Yeah. You got all the the figurines. Oh yeah. Huge, huge (laughs) fan, man. Um, and you made so many great like plays and moments for us fans. Like, is there one play or game that kind of stands out to you? Uh, maybe I know there's always the big ones, like you know Monday Night Miracle and things like that. But what's something maybe off of that radar of like the bigger games that we all know of that really stood out to you as something that was a uh, special moment for you?
2: Yeah, typically t- people talk about the the Tampa game, the halfback pass. People talk about the Monday Night Miracle. Those are those are easy things. But uh, one thing that I remember the most was just because of the, you know, the situation, but, you know, being a, a huge Jets and Giants fan growing up and going to the stadium. Yeah. You can be both, you know, I just, I, I believe you can be a Yankee Met fan, you can be Jet Giant, you know, it, you have to make a choice when they play each other. You can't just say, Oh, I hope for a good game. That's stupid. So um, the thing about, um I don't know what year it was is when we were went from not being able to make the playoffs, then all that stuff happened. Miami beat New England or or vice versa. And then all of a sudden our game meant if we won, mm-hmm. we won the uh, AFC East. So it's just a situation we're on the sideline. Um, not, not you know we're gonna play hard, and we're listening the fans are telling us what's going on in the game. You know the team's driving, they're gonna go for a field goal. And if you, I'm getting chills. <laughs> if you watch it, you hear like a you know a big like crazy you know amount of noise in the stadium, and we knew you know we knew what it was. And you could listen on the on the TV, you know, on the videos on um on YouTube, and all of a sudden you hear the fans, and then they show the you know what happened with the field goal making, and at that point we knew wow, we we have dodged a bullet here. We are in a situation here. And it was the kind of thing where 53 guys locked arms and, like, no one was going to take it away from us, you know? And uh, we put it on uh, Green Bay. And and they were playing for home field advantage for a home game. So it's not like they just, you know, mailed it in. So uh, I know I had two touchdowns in that game at the end. And I don't know. It's just... Just the situation and the elation, and just knowing all the time in the off season and training camp, and it just paid off. Uh, and we weren't sure it was gonna. So that was one of my favorite games as far as with the fan interaction and with the team and the brotherhood. So uh, that kind of always stands out. And then I, and I know we won the next week, I think playing the Colts. So uh, you know, we didn't win it that year, but that that moment was special.
0: Yeah, that was uh, two thousand two. It was the we play to win. You play to win the game season with Chad coming in. And uh, right. you guys started one and four, I believe, and then two and five. And uh, it for only for one day, Jets fans were Tom Brady and New England Patriots fans because they All did right. they did you guys the big favor that, that weekend. And it was uh, two straight home games. I'd never heard Giant Stadium that loud that night yeah. against Green Bay. And I mean I, I it's not even a close second, but it's a second it was 2009 against the Patriots, Rex Ryan's first home game. Those are the yeah. two
2: loudest I ever heard Giant Stadium. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of like when you're watching a game and also you hear like crazy, you know, uh, noise or the and usually that's because there's a fight in the upper deck. Or yeah, you gotta like, look around. Like what you're looking doing? around, you go, why is this noise going on? But yeah. um yeah, it was uh, it was in insane um the way we beat i mean we beat him by what 30 points maybe it was yeah
0: and he crushed payton just the next week
2: yeah it was just an ass whooping and i was yeah. just happy to happy to be a part of it
0: all right ryan delaney for those who don't know he runs a, a jets youtube channel friends with jets x factor also a subscriber take it away my friend
7: Hey, Wayne, thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this. This is awesome. Thank you, Robbie. Um, Wayne, I cried when when you retired. It's never happened to me before with a, with an athlete or anything like that. And it was just something that was so special. Some of the, the childhood moments growing up, I'm 32, uh, just like some of these other
0: guys here. Uh, Just a disclaimer, just a disclaimer. I I didn't create this thing to make you make me and you feel old by the way, Wayne, it just so happens. Everyone's (laughs) young. I'll be
5: 40
2: next month. Okay, Dude, be 50 next year. Next year is Yeah,
0: Liz, crazy. I know you're 23. So, we know, we, yeah. we all know that already.
1: I, I could say 32 too, but I was 32 in 1995. Just saying. it. Uh, <laughs> so join, if you join feel, us. You think J- you feel young? you think you feel old? Yeah, talk yeah. to uh, me. <laughs> all right, sorry
0: Ryan, go go for it. No, it's all good. It's cool to hear you say
7: that the that that game meant a lot to you because that was probably I, I was lucky enough to be at the Monday night miracle and my dad and I had season tickets, you know, from, I want to say it was like 94, 95 through uh, the beginning of met life. And to see, I, I remember that game so vividly where it was just like, Oh man, the crowd's silent. We're watching the field goal go up. The guy's got it on his headphones, you know, sitting next to me and we're all wa- like listening to it. And then just watching the players like look around, like what just happened <laughs> and the stadium felt like it was going to implode. I was up in like section 300. So it was like, it, it was just a lot of fun. Um, but I guess question wise, uh, Denzel Mims wide receiver, uh, we got a, a really good wide receiver room for the first time in what feels like a forever. Um, what do you think is going to ultimately end up happening with him? Do you think it's going to be some sort of trade? Carolina just made a trade for, uh, LaVisca Chenault. So that kind of takes them out of the equation. Um, do you think he's retained for the next two years or do you think we try to, move him at some point, maybe before the deadline.
2: Robbie, what did they say as far as, um, as far as trading him? I, I don't know. They, they, These agents, they, I mean, they're not going to make the guy suffer and keep him. I don't Yeah. You know, but I've a, never heard of a guy that is borderline to make the cut asking for a trade. That seemed kind of weird to me. Usually it's someone that's going to get playing time somewhere else, not, he might be released. Uh, and then he has this choice to go wherever someone wants him. Yeah, so it, it, I know he had a touchdown, but I don't know what the circumstances or what, what what time of game it was in.
0: His agents made it clear that they want to trade. It, they've been trying to hold that off until the end, and I'm sure the Jets have been trying to hold off too to make sure there's no injuries to the top five guys. So the Jets uh, made it publicly known that okay, we'll start taking uh, calls. So whether it happens by tomorrow when the 53-man roster is due, I I don't think it will. Gun to my head, I think he's going to be traded for a mid-round pick before week one. You, um, you think
2: someone will give a mid-round pick for a guy that's going to be a fourth or fifth receiver on the team? Where is I, he going to go where he's going to be in the starting the lineup? There's, I don't know. Nowhere he's going to go be a starter or even no, a three, no. is he?
0: No, I, I think he'll have to fight for a three or four. And I I think there's a team out there like Matt rule there's reports because he coached Mims in college uh, for Carolina. So there's reports. Maybe they're interested. If I had to guess, I'd say a fourth round pick,
2: but what um, about uh, across town? Would he fit in with the giants? I mean, what's their depth as far as receivers? mm, They could use a receiver to be honest. I mean, they have Sills who I was at the joint
0: practice last week and he's getting a lot of playing time and he could be bumped down maybe one or two spots. So mims that would be an interesting situation
2: yeah ryan what else what else do you have besides the mims question
0: i kind of got
7: at it with the uh the braxton barrios question i was going to (laughs) go that route as well like i I guess one question i have is was there a moment in your career that you felt like wow i'm i'm a fan favorite because it's it feels like you're probably, if not the most loved jet, like one of the top, like three or four. Um, was there a moment in your career that you kind of felt that?
2: That's a good question.
0: Um, How about I in the know. first day? How about in the first day when the security guard didn't think you
2: were a player? Did, yeah. was,
0: was that loving?
2: Harry Fisher. That's my guy, man. We had a lot of, we had a lot of good talks over the the, the years when he was there and, um, you know, he passed away. Uh, you know, he's in his 90s a handful of years ago, but I don't know. I guess, I guess you could say that started with the media articles. It wasn't like I know something I noticed from the fans. If the fans were always supportive, you know, we're rooting for you kind of thing. But uh, I guess just once I started playing, and even though we we're losing, I still, you know, kept getting good press and good, you know. And just the articles they did about, you know, and just saying, you know, the hometown hero, went to Hostra, grew up 15 minutes away from the stadium. Um, and then it kind of grew from there. Um, I think when you're on a team that wins one win or three wins, <laughs> it's not hard to stand out. You know what I mean? I mean, at that point, guys just kind of like cashing in. I'm like, I'm playing for a job. I'm playing for my livelihood. I'm playing for my spot. So that year, I think people just appreciated, you know, they spend their hard earned money on tickets that I was giving them something to cheer about. Um, so I think people took notice of it. Um, and, and it's funny, the, you know, when I was in the Roosevelt field mall I don't know anybody's from Long Island and we we're walking and there was like a, uh, like a sports store and there's a number 80, uh, in the window. And um, I'm with my wife, who's my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, you see that? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, go see what it is. She's like, you go. I'm like, I'm not going to see. It cause you see the, the front of it. I'm like, who else can it be? You know what I mean? So uh, we went and saw it. And I was like, all right. I have a jersey and a sport Models or what it is. So I, I've officially arrived. But a funny story is I was in bad neighborhood I don't know if it was Harlem or Washington Heights or whatever it is <laughs> my rookie year like early and um we were going we we're driving to a like a to do a, a you know a radio spot and I see this young black kid um with number 80 jersey walking and I'm like there's no way like you know what I mean it hadn't seen a jersey really yet so me and my dad are thinking Johnny Lamb Jones that's probably the only 80 that I remember you know and the kid turned around I was like no shit I'm like that's pretty awesome so to know the fact that you get someone on a Harley to someone in a Ferrari they're both wearing my jersey black white young old whatever that was wearing my jersey I knew you know that I had that fan base um where I guess they called me like every man kind of thing so uh, at that point I knew you know I had the support of the fans, and that helped me get through those early years when uh, when things were tough, and then it just grew uh, as my career went.
0: Yeah, from uh, the woods of Vernon, New Jersey to Harlem,
2: New York. I'm telling you, man, is 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 a trip, it's, you know, starting to see my jersey places. Uh, I know my parents and agent printed up a bunch of terrible knockoffs from China or something like that, yeah. just bad jerseys. But, uh, they had a tailgate called the Society of True Believers." And they're like a big a big thing, and they were selling jerseys, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful. I mean, not many fans are, you know take the players like that, and you know that's why I like doing stuff like this and staying involved with the fans because uh, you know they kind of made me who I was.
0: Uh, here's a question. Have you ever been dropped into a into lyrics in a rap song? Like Beastie Boys mentioned John Starks once, Lawrence Taylor. Do you, do you yeah, I'm in any... a song.
2: I am in a song. Which, one? who? Uh, some like Ja Rule or some something like that. Oh, really? I've heard it. Yeah, I, you know, it's not like a mainstream song, but I heard it. Um, yeah, it's like Catching Past like William Corbett or something like that. The um, Elf movie. My You're son, seen elf like, too, for sure. What's that? Elf. When the kid wearing number 80 and Elf yeah that you know listen that's uh pretty we saw that too i was like this kid it looks like 80 you know when he's wearing it and um you know you've arrived when you're in a will Ferrell movie that is as popular as like the christmas story <laughs> on uh you know on a uh, tv during the holiday season so uh stuff like that's a trip to me like i said i'm grateful that you know people want to wear my jersey I've seen it on the cover of like with Jay Z wearing it and Puff Daddy wearing it. So you know you've arrived when those guys, uh, you know, want to want to support your number. Uh, but like I said, is I've fans of. I still get you know letters and you know messages from all over the world. Uh, there's a lot of Jeff fans out there all over the world. So you guys know, you're not by your by yourself with with the suffering and then with the good times. So uh, you know we're all grateful that you keep supporting the team. We know there's been some tough years, you know?
0: Yeah. All right. Let, let's go around the horn to uh, cap things off. It, just want, I'm going to ask for the, your favorite Wayne Corbett moment. You just got to give one. You, you can't go more than one. And then we'll see what, we'll see what comes from it. Uh, Liz, favorite Wayne Corbett moment.
1: You already knows the answer to this. And I have to tell you, going back to the Wayne Corbett Jersey, everybody asked me when I was, crowned last year, October the 8th, as the 2021 NFL New York Jets fan of the year, if I knew. And even my daughter was like, Mom, you sure you didn't know? I said, there's no way in the in the world I would ever be wearing a Mark Sanchez jersey if I knew Wayne Corbett was going to come out and tell me I was fan of the year. <laughs> Never in a million years. And I just grabbed one because it was big enough because I gained a little weight and it fit me the best. And I knew I was going over to East Hanover, I mean, uh, Florin Park. And I just, that was what I was wearing. And I was mortified when he came out and I was wearing Mark Sanchez. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, you know, meeting Wayne, being, you know, kind of, I've crowned myself as president of his fan club on Facebook. Everybody wants to join. And um, yeah, just meeting him and seeing what an all around great, genuine, nice person he is. Who who makes me feel like I'm the only person in the room when I talk to him? That nice. that's nice. the greatest moment I ever had. And and I and not putting aside the unbelievable career you've had, but for me that was my all nice. all time greatest moment.
2: You, okay. you know what's funny is the way I am. I said to um, you know the Jets, you know people that brought me in there in the marketing team. I'm like, so should they just walk up to and say hello to her? And I'm thinking, like, it would be really embarrassing if she didn't recognize me. You know what I mean? So uh, I walk up behind you, and I just put my arms around you. And you looked at me, like, kind of excited and terrified uh, at the same time. Um, on a cloud. You could see it on, on YouTube. It's on there, uh, me surprising you. But, you know, we're good friends now. Um, I'm glad it meant enough uh, as much to you as it did to me. So, you know, it's uh, I appreciate your fandom and uh, you start the Wayne Corbett fan club on Facebook.
1: Awesome. 11,000 views on on YouTube. And I've tried to watch nice. it at work to up the number, but it um, <laughs> it's called Wayne Corbett surprises surprises fan of the year on YouTube. So yeah. it's an awesome video.
2: Nice.
1: Thank uh, you so much.
2: You're welcome.
0: I found some lyrics here. Artist. Gura nice. F. Big, big shug Hannibal uh, stack. I'm not familiar. I got to be honest. Um, and get yourself $2 from my wallet. I'm going to catch passes from chicks like Wayne Corbett. There you go. Lyrics nice. in a rap zone. All right. <laughs> Joe Rivera, favorite Corbett moment.
4: So my father is is a man of very, very little emotion, except when he's watching Jets football. And I still very, very clearly remember the Curtis Martin throw to you obviously in, in the Tampa Bay game. And that's watching him jump off the couch and, and knowing my uncle who's a Giants fan the entire week after that was um, that's, it's, it's one of my favorite, just all time. One of my favorite jets memories. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the one that sticks out to me the most, but you know, not to cop out, but anytime you'd go over the middle and put your body on the line, I mean, you, you you don't see that you know' you you just don't see that from every player in the NFL. So,
0: yeah, um, the, exactly. and, and the reaction to that touchdown in the Tampa game.
2: Because <laughs> wow, the camera calls cool touchdown before I even catch it. Yeah, like the ball coming coming down, and he says touchdown, Winfrey Corbett, and it was like, kind of like you know, uh, my best. Some of like my best. If you ever you know, fuck, I Google myself, not gonna lie. But On YouTube, <laughs> I see what people are posting. Um, and they have some cool um, mixes and stuff like that to music. But hearing Bob with Susan, you know, announce me going for a touchdown or a catch or something like that is um, is crazy. Uh, and that goes back to the announcers. How many people remember when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger said you know Wayne Kibreck is going to leave us back? That was gonna be a of Miracle. Yeah.
0: Was that that was going to be my yeah. favorite moment right there? To cap yeah. Yeah. The captain's off. The like, Arnold stuff thing. like that yeah. is
2: hysterical, man. You can't you can't write that stuff.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Tim, what do you got?
5: Uh, <clears throat> no, I mean, you know, there's a lot of moments, but I just, you know, I always remember the fact that you you never wore gloves. All the other receivers had gloves and you were just so gritty and tough and, you know, not afraid to go across the middle and, you know, no gloves, just free hands. And, uh, th- you know, that always sticks with me as a, a memory.
0: Yeah, was, yeah, Parcells
2: made you wear gloves, though, at times, right? Nah, it's just it just got to the point where my hands got so beat up, and I had like Reinhardt syndrome, which is you got circulation problems. So at certain points, I had to put them on end in the year. But I just like the feel of you know bare hands on the ball. Um, this listen, you guys could throw on these receiver gloves these days and catch one handed. It's I, I promise you, these things are my kid. You know, wears them. Sometimes they're so sticky. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Like back then Newman's we had were leather. Yeah. And the colder they got, the worse they were, but the receiver gloves these days, I don't know, man. And I, and uh,
0: I even think these gloves are making tackling worse too, because
2: it's easier to this, tackle yeah. with your hands. This is like Fred, Fred Belitnikoff designed these things <laughs> yeah. with the, the glue he had on his, uh, on his socks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just like that. You know, people, Something so silly, people appreciated the whole no gloves thing because it kind of like brought people back to when they didn't even have gloves, you know? Mm. All right, Jeff Piazza. So I have to say, I don't think
6: I know the exact year, but I was probably around nine or 10 years old. We were playing uh, Green Bay and you caught like a game ceiling touchdown. I mean, you're kicking the crap out of them pretty much. I just remember you running the end zone with your hand up and watching the game with my father. And I think that might that moment there, I became true Jets fan. I That was it. There was no turning back then. It was, and then I was addicted.
0: I think yeah, that I was the, the second touchdown or it was the moment where everyone knew like, okay, we could exhale. They got this.
2: Yeah, you it know? was. Yeah. Yeah. I never forget it. Yeah. They have it on. Um, someone put it on my uh, Twitter feed. Um, yeah. When I catch it, it's like a little quick out and, Chad kind of threw me and I just broke back in. But as I'm scoring the touchdown, I know my arm's near and I'm screaming at like yeah, the top of my lungs. And if you remember that, like my mouth is wide open. I'm just screaming. But that just was the emotion
5: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. of the day. Like I said, just, you know, knowing we just won the AFC East, you know, that's what you play for. You get a chance to go to the playoffs. But winning the East is, I mean, that's a huge thing with, with some of the teams that are, are in our uh, division. All right, yeah,
0: Anthony, perfect.
2: do your thing.
3: Uh, Yeah, I I can think of when I was like six or seven and just starting to watch football, you had a big game against the Rams. Like you're like a rookie. And I was like, it, the team wasn't very good right then. And I was like, oh, this, this guy is pretty cool. But uh, the one that stands out more vividly is the Monday night miracle. But you had that diving, diving catch. And uh, I wasn't allowed to stay up late to watch Monday night games and my and my dad allowed me to do it that night and he picked a good night to do it because uh, I, I got to watch you guys come back. But just that diving catch, um, I think kind of sums up just you guys just did did not quit as a group. You never really quit ever when you're on the field. So it just kind
2: of sums it up. Uh, right. But yeah, the um uh, that t- I think that's the one that tied it up. When we came back. Yeah. The funny thing is, if you ever watch the play when I'm running down the field, I'm running like this. And Vinny throws it, and it's over here. So I'm like, I'm running, and I'm going like this. I had a choice to go straight down the field or break to the corner. And I was running straight down the field, and Vinny just threw it to the corner. So at that point, you know, I had to adjust. That's why I ended up diving at such a, a weird angle. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those, those plays. At that point... We went from we can't do nothing right to we can't do nothing wrong yeah. from after the third quarter. Um, and that's the greatest feeling in the world. And we talk about crowd noise. Whoever stayed and whoever left and came back, they, the, only the the bottom bowl of the stadium was full. But it was insane. The fans were going nuts. I'm sure they were all drunk from drowning their sorrows. <laughs> but then they were drinking more to celebrate. But uh, as far as that catch you're talking about, yeah, it was... Uh, one they show a lot in the highlights and one me and Vinny uh talk about all the times on how we uh we're we're not on the same page, but we had a great result from it.
0: Yeah, good one, Anthony. Um Ryan, I think you're the last person, correct? So uh take us home.
2: Yeah,
7: that was uh the the Tampa one was really cool. That the the catch there, especially I remember just being so frustrated that we didn't have Keyshawn and like, oh screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to win this so bad. And then like to see it like happen right at the end was just really cool. Um, but for me, my godfather worked security for you guys at one point. And I want to say you guys were coming out of a hotel in the city. And I, I was lucky enough to to meet you and get your signature on one of my my ball caps like 20 years ago. And it, I wore that thing every single day. Signature was like faded to all hell. I've moved around a little bit the last like five years and I can't for the life of me find that hat. <laughs> my buddy actually bought me a wanker bet signed football for my wedding last year. And no joke, it was like the most special gift I ever received. And it was the coolest thing, like really meant a lot to me. So, so thank you for all the memories.
2: So get, get a hat and send it to Robbie and we'll get, you know, anybody needs anything signed, just get it to Robbie and uh, I'll get it signed back to you. Appreciate you guys subscribing and joining me on stuff like this. Um, another thing I want to add is I just signed a deal with the American dream Mall which is on the uh you know the complex of the the, the metal ends. so every after every uh, most most of the game, especially the first first home game i'm going to be doing like a post post game tailgate uh in the mall at uh, one of the barbecue places so if you guys are at the game pop over after uh it should be a, a a pretty cool thing you know so if you guys are around
0: yep yep thank you Wayne thank you everybody and uh we're also i'm also going to get you ya- uh, Wayne just got some of me. I autographed eight by ten pictures. There's four different ones to choose from. I'll send you a link and email, and we'll ship them out to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So correct. thanks for joining. All Thank right. you so
2: much. Everybody have a good night. All right. Thank
5: thanks you, for Thank you so much. All right, you. Wayne. Thank you. Man. Thank
2: you. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care, everybody.